here. Thanks to Lando Calrissian. Welcome to Cloud City. From Kenner's Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection, action figures R2-D2. Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia each sold separately. And here's action figures Boba Fett, Darth Vader, and YG-88. They can't escape us. I'll get the bounty. No, boss, I will. You've got your mission, man. Now, move out. IG-88, Boss, Lando Calrissian, and other action figures each sold separately. From Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection from Kenner. Have you forgotten about the power and the importance of The Empire Strikes Back? It's one of the rare exceptions in which the sequel is just as good and just as impactful as the original. To many fans, it's not only their favorite Star Wars film of all time, but their favorite film, period. Think about how The Empire Strikes Back grabbed you, how it took something you loved and raised the stakes. That the battle between Luke Skywalker and the Rebel Alliance and Darth Vader and the Empire suddenly meant more because the face of evil turned out to be the father of our hero. Did you see it in the theater when it premiered? When one of the most iconic film twists of all time was revealed to eager audiences across the country and around the world. I Am Your Father became one of the most quoted movie lines and became a universal pop culture reference for the past 40 years. The film deepened the connections to the characters introduced in the first Star Wars film as well. We traveled with Luke from Hoth to Dagobah to Bespin and followed him through the hardships and hopeful moments of his hero's quest. There's nothing wrong, R2. Just setting a new course. We're not going to regroup with the others. We're going to the Dagobah system. Yes, R2. That's all right. I'd like to keep it on manual control for a while. We watched Princess Leia and the former smuggler Han Solo bicker and get under each other's skin, far enough under to reach the heart. Well, Your Worship, looks like you managed to keep me around for a little while longer. I had nothing to do with it. General Rykin thinks it's dangerous for any ships to leave the system until we've activated the energy field. That's a good story. I think you just can't bear to let a gorgeous guy like me out of your sight. I don't know where you get your delusions, laser brain. <laughs> Laugh it up, fuzzball. <laughs> but you didn't see us alone in the South Passage. Rest her true feelings for me. What? Why, you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder! Who's scruffy-looking? Which brings us to one of the most beloved lines in movie moments. Leia, standing on the platform of Cloud City's carbon-freezing chamber, watches as stormtroopers prepare Han for the freezing process. And suddenly, the emotions she suppressed from the first time they met and argued rise to the surface. And looking at him, possibly for the last time, she blurts out her true feelings. And Han, ever so cool and ever so Han, responds as only he would in a line that Harrison Ford improvised. I love you. I know. It is the moment where every young boy said to themselves, I want to be Han Solo. And The Empire Strikes Back introduced us to new and exciting characters as well.
Lando Calrissian, the friend turned traitor turned hero, won us over by the end of the film, and became a main character whose role was essential in defeating the Empire with his friends. He doesn't want you at all. He's after somebody called a Skywalker. And then there's Boba Fett, one of the coolest designs in all of Star Wars. A character of mystery and menace whose popularity has grown exponentially over the years. There will be a substantial reward for the one who finds the Millennium Falcon. You are free to use any methods necessary, but I want them alive. No disintegrations. As you wish. And everything about the Jedi Master Yoda should not have worked. A puppet guiding the main character and bringing him to the next level of his quest to become a Jedi Knight? If Yoda wasn't believable, the entire movie would have collapsed. But we did believe. We believed we traveled to Dagobah. That Yoda was alive and real, and wiser than any of us. And that he could lift an X-Wing out of a swamp using only the Force, which surrounds us and binds us. For luminous beings are we in the world of Star Wars. The first Star Wars film is everything, but The Empire Strikes Back is all of that and a little more. Don't ever lose sight of the magic living in that exhilarating and beautiful film. This is the essence that keeps us connected to that galaxy far, far away. This is a conversation with collector, author, and friend Matt George about the action figures and memorabilia from The Empire Strikes Back. This is part three of a look at the Star Wars items in the Hake's momentous catalog from auction number 234. And this is Star Wars Prototypes and Production. Welcome back to the series on the Hakes 234 auction. I've always wanted to do a series of episodes around one theme, released over a very short amount of time. I pictured it almost as a way to hang out and to dive deeper into discussions around Star Wars and collecting. Almost like a week-long sleepover centered around Star Wars. And this Hakes exploration with my good friend Matt George seemed to fit perfectly with that idea. 
two episodes in so far, and we're about a third of the way through the Star Wars section of the Hake's Winter Catalog. As collectors, diving into the catalog gives us a chance to get an overall snapshot of the collector's market. What items are more popular than ever? Which ones have cooled off a little bit? And which ones are currently overlooked, or are the ones to pick up before they level up? It also presents us with the wonderful opportunity to learn more about these pieces. For many of us, some items rarely turn up on our respective radars unless they're in a catalog like Hake's. And yet, if you're a vintage collector, all of these pieces are part of the hobby, and it's great to know a little more about the different areas. From prototypes to action figures to vehicles and playsets to international items, the world of Star Wars collectibles is immense. Hopefully learning about these pieces through a series like this is an enjoyable experience for you. Whether it helps you with choosing which items to target, or teaches you something you didn't know previously, or if it's just a chance to join two other collectors for a conversation about the pieces and the hobby you love, those are the intended goals of these episodes. And now, we've reached the Empire Strikes Back segment of the catalog. The Empire Strikes Back means so much to me. It was my favorite movie growing up, and probably still is. So please, grab your favorite hot beverage, pull up a chair, and join us for part three of our look at the Hakes 234 catalog. I promise you, this will be a fun conversation, and I have a feeling you'll come away from it with a deeper appreciation of the collectibles from The Empire Strikes Back. I'll be right back. I'm going to go tell Matt we're ready, and then we'll explore the gems in Auction 234. Start flipping through the catalog. We certainly have a lot to cover. George, welcome back. We are here for the third episode of our look into Hakes. Uh, we still have about 46 more to go. And uh, so far, it's going pretty well, I'd say. How about you? Yeah, it's been a lot of fun doing these. Um, I guess the first one is out in the public now, so folks are starting to listen to it. Uh, seems like we're getting some good feedback on it. Yeah, so far it's been really well received. I think people are excited about the auction. Um, I've had a number of people contact me and and say that they're now planning on bidding on certain items, and um, you know that that has just been fun to uh, to hear the stories. Um, I think so far the most popular story that we've had so far is is your personal story about the um, the rocket firing Boba Fett prototype. That was pretty amazing. Yeah, the backstory to that piece is pretty cool. Um, I. Yeah, notice that there have been a couple bids on it since we put that story out there. Whether or not we had anything to do with that, um, maybe we'll never know. But um, yeah, I just reading some of the Facebook comments. It looks like um, you know that story's cut some some people. I guess it was a little bit of shock to folks that maybe didn't know about the whole Halloween story, and then um, you know, hopefully. Uh, some folks found it entertaining as well as informative. Very. I mean, I I found it fascinating. I had heard it as rumors. And so to actually hear it from your mouth and to know that you were someone who owned it, 
um, and you were able to, you know, essentially track the provenance of it is, is, and you were partly responsible for the provenance is really incredible. Yeah, for sure. And it's a piece that uh, I wish I still had, but hopefully it goes to a good home. So I thought in the last two discussions, we had some really interesting conversations around the prototypes and the uh, production pieces that are offered in this Hakes 234 auction, uh, which is ending on Wednesday, March 16th. Um, and I, I think, you know, what we've seen so far is that the 12 backs are wildly popular. Um, there are certainly enough in this auction, you know, to keep people's interest and um, to make uh, a number of, of high bidders very happy. And then I think, you know, you and I, we've, we've kind of pointed out some of the ones that we think are going to pop over the next maybe year or two. Um, we had, you know, the 20 backs, we had the uh, 12 inch figures. Um, and so now we're getting into the Empire Strikes Back stuff. Matt, before we go into the, the weeds and really dive deep into these pieces that we're going to be seeing, are there any thoughts that you have as far as overall thoughts on the Empire Strikes Back offering in this Hakes auction? There's some for everybody. I mean, we've got you know 21 bags all the way through 45 bags. There's some prototypes. Um, there's a bunch of Kinder Canada stuff. There's some exclusive uh, series, exclusive items that you don't see come up too often. Um, we'll get to what later, but there's the, the full set of Popey figures from Japan that look to be salesman samples. Um, some 12 inch, some box vehicles, including one that's really, really popular right now. Um, there's a, a blueprint from an unproduced item. So there's just, it kind of runs the gamut of, of items here. So there's, there's a lot for, for folks out there to bid on, um, similar to kind of the 20 backs and the 12 inch boxed figures that we talked about, uh, last time, uh, to me, uh, the 31 backs represent kind of that same kind of, um, trend that I guess we've been seeing over the, a similar time frame is just how fast the prices have been rising on that first release from empire. Um, you know, there's a couple of figures we'll get into a little bit later that that are, you know, disproportionately outpacing the rest of them. But still, all in all, the 31 backs are definitely garnering a lot of interest out there in the hobby. I'm going to make a really bold claim at this point, and it's probably a few years away, but I, I really have a feeling. I was looking at it today. I think the Empire Strikes Back figures could become as popular and as valuable as the original 12 backs. Um, I know, you know, when it comes to comics, everyone wants the, the, the key, you know, first appearances. And, and so the earlier stuff a lot of times does tend to be more valuable. But I think Empire Strikes Back is one of these movies, and it's such a rarity, especially when it comes to movies where there's merchandise and toys that have come from it, where it is just as popular, uh, if not more beloved than the first one more iconic even. And I think as people start to get priced out of the 12 backs, they're going to look for what else did they connect to as children? Um, what else is interesting? And I think if you look at the overall, not even just the 31 backs, but the overall offering from Empire Strikes Back, from 31 all the way up to the 48 backs, there were such interesting characters. Um, the 31s, you know, tended to have some of the more main characters. So you had Luke, Leia, Lando, um, and then you started in the 41 backs, 
they kind of mirrored that that second eight from the original Star Wars release, where you started to have a few more interesting characters like a two one B as a as a droid, and everything was really colorful. Maybe arguably even more colorful than the the Star Wars release. And so I, I I think there's something in there for everyone. I think there are big names, uh, big debuts, you know, for for the characters. And, and I just have a feeling that we're starting to see prices really rise on it. And I just wonder if, because of the love of Empire, if that's going to bring it close to where we're seeing the, the Star Wars stuff going for. In the immortal words of Vincent Vega, that's a bold statement. Well, thank you. <laughs> I, uh, I know. I, I can't say I disagree. Um, just I know there's folks out there that you know. There's a really good friend of mine down here in Texas that that's all he collects is Empire because that's his favorite movie. Not even favorite Star Wars movie, just favorite movie in general. Um, it's the most critically acclaimed, like most well reviewed uh, of the of the trilogy. Um, it's darker in tone. It's, there's a lot of character development in the movie. Um, so I could definitely see where folks would be uh, predisposed to maybe paying up to get the, the pieces they like since, you know, it's, it's, it just, the film is so popular these days. Um, and you know, the bad guy wins and it's just, that's just not, we don't see that too often in movies. So it definitely, um, you know, touches upon your point there where, where it's, we're starting to see the prices come, you know, rise more steadily than the rest of the, of the hobby. I think at this point, especially that, that first release for whatever reason. And I think when you bring in characters, iconic characters like Lando, like Yoda, um, like the, the bounty hunters even, you know, which are lesser characters, but are more popular today than they've ever been. Um, we, we've seen that, you know, we'll talk about uh, the, one of the Bosques that's in the auction. But there's such a popularity with these characters and such a love and a connection. And I would say maybe even more so than something like Return of the Jedi, although I think Return of the Jedi has potential as well. Um, and I think if I were going to make one bigger <laughs> claim, bolder claim, um, it would be that each one of these offerings, Star Wars, Empire, Jedi, and Power of the Force, all have the ability to skyrocket in value, not just because it's connected to Star Wars, but because the characters are so resonant. Um, each series offers unique characters that had never been introduced before and are just as interesting or really just as resonant as the ones that came in the film before it. And then... Power of the Force, of course, is that culmination of all three films. Yeah, another thing, too, that I'd like to throw in there is uh, I think sometime towards the, the late part of the Empire line, they started doing a lot of the the figure, like putting the figures on the card here in the States using a much cheaper plastic. So I think that, um, you know, as a result, you see a lot of the Return of the Jedi cards really start to yellow a lot. And you don't really see that a whole lot in Empire Strikes Back. There, you know, every now and then you'll see a forty-five back, forty-eight back, something like that. But kind of the thirty-one through the forty forty-ones, very there's yellowing, but not to the degree you see in later on. So the 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 
odds you're going to find a, a clear bubble on these characters is pretty high. So uh, that definitely, I think, it separates itself from Return of the Jedi in terms of how high up it can go in terms of value, because I think people would, you know, they like to have clear bubbles in their collections and in their displays. And um, it's, it's, it's hard to look at a return of the Jedi collection and see all that yellow and not be uh, somewhat turned off by it. So I think that, you know, at least we look into the future, that's another aspect of the empire line. that's going to help it. It's just how clear the bubbles are in general. And then I do want to throw out too, Lucasfilm would be crazy to not do some kind of a bounty hunter spinoff at some point um, using Danger and Zuckus and Forlom and Bosk. And uh, you already see what they did with the IG-88 uh, and IG-11 for Mandalorian. But, I mean, there's an endless supply of stories just using those characters. And it's not like, you know, the, the actor that played them is too old to reprise a role. I mean, you can't really see Dengar's face too well. So there's not an actor associated with that character. Um, so in terms of speculation, I could definitely see him doing some kind of uh, spinoff around the bounty hunters. There's, there's just too much popularity in those characters as it stands for them to ignore it. And we're also seeing that Disney is investing into properties um, like Lando as well, too. There's Right now, uh, there's a plan, we'll see if it actually comes to fruition, to bring Lando into either an animated series or a live-action series. And so I think the character is here to stay for a while. Um, his, his value has been only going up, especially for the 31B card, his introduction. So, yeah, I think you're right. And, I, God, the, the bounty hunters are so cool, each one of them. And um, I think there is a need to, to put them in some sort of either live action or animated series eventually. Yeah, for sure. It would be so cool to do, uh, I don't know, a Danger and Boss team up or something. You know, I know that Forlom and Zuckus are inextricably linked to one another. So that might be a, a cool duo. Maybe they go up, go after the same bounty as Boss and, and uh, Danger or something like that. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, anyway, we're just speculating here, but anyway, it, I, I wouldn't be shocked if some, something like that developed on in, in the future. Yeah. And can you, can you see the prices continue to rise? Like we are seeing with the 12 backs and the, and the 20 backs for star Wars. Can you see that happening with empire? Yeah, for sure. Um, there's just, uh, there's so many iconic characters. There's really good card backs. Um, I mean, they make <laughs> Kenner made a good job of making the Rebel Soldier card back look really cool. Like if they take a boring character and make it look cool, so there's, there's just a lot going on in terms of just the you know to your point earlier the colors that are evident in the line, um, the card backs. Most of them are crystal clear, uh, good characters. So there, there's just a lot going for it, and that that Empire Strikes Back logo is is so iconic. Just pops it really is. Red. It just pops right out of the double racetrack on the on the top logo, and then it's got the single racetrack around the character image. Uh, it's gorgeous. It's it's just yeah, it's just very well done. Okay, well, having said that, uh, let's dive into the Empire Strikes Back offering from Hakes, and um, we're we're going to start with three pieces that are are uh, pretty incredible. Uh, one that we saw in the last auction. 
and um, and two that are ones that that seem to turn up every so often and yet are just gorgeous. Uh, so Matt, if you want to go into you know explaining what some of these are, we're starting with lot seventeen oh three. If you're looking through the catalog or online with us, yes, we talked last time about the Sears Cantina, the four characters in that playset. Uh, how common those are for the, the A New Hope film. Well, the counterparts to those for Empire are, I think, the are the 45-back characters. For whatever reason, those have turned up a little bit more uh, more frequently than the others. <clears throat> Last auction, I think we did have a Luke Hoth and we did have a Probot, uh, both present in that, in that last auction. Both did very well. Um, we have those again. Say, so I think they're different examples, so it's not the exact same ones. They uh, they're a little bit different. Um, I can but- give you the values uh, from the last Hakes auction. So this one was in November of 2021. The actually, I'll ask you this: Which one do you think sold for more? The Luke Hoth, which was graded an 85 plus, or the Probot, which was graded a 90? I remember hearing what the Luke Hoth went for, being surprised. So I'm going to go with the Luke Hoth. The Luke Hoth actually sold for $9,086 with the buyer's premium. And the ProBot, graded at a 90, sold for $8,573.29. Yeah, it, I was shocked that that Luke went that high. But, you know, 85, it's, it's you know, shot in non-production colors. So that's, folks are going to pay up to get something like that compared to, Sears, which is Sears uh, Cantina creature, which is essentially just a production figure without the markings. Um, so yeah, the, while the price seems pretty high compared to what they're going for on Facebook groups these days, um, just to maybe a, a someone that doesn't pay as much attention to the market on Facebook groups as as they do on Hakes, I, I can see where they could get to nine thousand bucks. Hmm. This Lukoth has a brown torso and what looks like a, a peach or cream-colored head and limbs. And then the ProBot has, uh, it's a kind of whitish-gray, it says beige plastic, so it's, you know, but it, it looks like a, a whitish-gray beige. And, um, yeah, both are really gorgeous. Yeah, so for folks that might not understand why they would be in non-production colors, uh, first shots are essentially just they're testing the production molds, the tooling, to make sure that when they... Um, inject the plastic into the molds, it turns out how they want it. So they're just basically test runs. Um, they'll use whatever available plastic is is there at the factory at the time they're doing the test. So um, oftentimes you'll see non-production color figures just because that's what color plastic they had on hand at the time. Yeah, and then um, the third one is the uh, unpainted first shot of... The ADAT Commander, or ATAT Commander, um, right now it's currently at $1,200. It's graded at an 80. And Matt, is this in, would you say this is in a production color? Is it? Is it, um, is it a dark gray? It's, it might, I don't know. It looks like it might be a little darker. Maybe that's just a subterfuge created by the fact that the head is also shot in that same color. But um if it's not the, the the production color of the body, it's really close. 
Okay. Yeah, it's a little hard to tell, but it but it looks really nice, and it, it's actually it's nice seeing it with the unpainted face, you know, and, and just in that in that dark gray color. Yeah, very cool piece. And um, not, I'm not sure why they gave him a Bespin blaster, but <laughs> he must have come right from Bespin to Hop. <laughs> so if if um, if we're looking at these three. And we have about two weeks before the auction ends. If you were to guess between the Lukath prototype, the Adat Commander, and the Probot, which first shot do you think is going to sell for the most at this auction? I'm going to say the Probot, just because there's fewer of them than the Luke. And the Luke was in the last one, um, and they're just more common. So I think folks that see the Luke... um, either have come across one before and had the chance to buy one, um, but might not have had that same chance with the ProBot. So I'm going to say the Luke is going to go for whatever that second highest bid was in the last one, call it 8,600. 8, yeah. yeah. Something like that. And then the, the ProBot will be, you know, close to what it was in the last one. So I'm going to go Luke 7,500 to 8,000 ProBot, 8 to 8,500. Oh, okay. So and then 5,000 on the Attic Commander. I think the Attic Commander might not hit the high end of the range, which is 2000 to $5,000 as the estimate. Uh, I, I, think, I think it might wind up in sort of the 3500 to $4,000 range. Yeah, I could see someone paying 4000 and with the buyer premium be kind of close to the, closer to that 5000 But I don't think it'll go over the range for sure. Hmm. Okay, and now we come upon the 21 backs. So these were the first Empire Strikes Back figures that were released by Kenner. And we have a pretty good offering. Uh, Some of these are incredibly rare and hard to get, and then others are a little more common. But um, over the years, the 21 backs have sort of been uh, some of, you know, the the most sought after uh, figures. And... um, uh, I know a number of people have put runs together, you know, trying to get that original 12 on the 21 back uh, cards or just trying to get a full run of the 21 backs. Yeah, I've seen a lot of folks do a 21 back run and then they'll put the mail, the, the boss mail away figure right in the middle of their display uh, to tell a nice story. Looks always looks really good. Um, there's a lot of cool colors there. Uh, you get something a little bit different than the than the first movie with that Empire Strikes Back logo. Uh, and then, you know, for a run, this is one of the more fun runs to put together because it's not very easy. There's a couple characters that are really tough to get. I know the Jawa, every time one pops up, they they go for crazy money. And then the Stormtrooper and the Luke X-Wing, I believe, are the other two that are somewhat hard to get as well. From my research, it looks like the, the Stormtrooper is the rarest, and then the Jawa comes next. Um, under that, you'll sort of have um, the, the Luke X-Wing. Um, the Boba Fett is, is another tough one. Power Droid is, is a hard one to find. Uh, Vader, uh, Greedo. And then people were kind of mixed as far as the R5-D4. Um, but it, it, it does sound like, you know, while certain examples will pop up, that is one that is harder to find. Yeah, it's it's weird. I and I know you just said that the stormtrooper is tougher to find than the Jawa. It, it, 
to me, they pop up with about the same level of frequency. So I don't know if they were distributed in the same like cases and have the same numbers. Um, but they're, they're just really tough to find. And when they would pop up, they, you know, they go for quite a bit. Yeah. And so you had mentioned the Bosque before, uh, as, as the, the mailer that people would put together with their 21 back run. And the reason being is that was really the 22nd figure. And so 21 backs are known because they have this sunburst, uh, circular image on the front. And so it says free secret star Wars action figure with, with purchase of any four star Wars action figures. And so you would buy these 21 backs, you would cut out the proof of purchase on four of them, and then you would send that uh, away to, to Kenner, and then they would send you a, a Bosque loose figure in a mailer box. Yeah, those, those uh, Bosque mailers were you know, a couple years back before COVID. Those things started to pop, and they became pretty collectible, very, very sought after. I think maybe people were putting runs together and want to have that on display, but uh, we started seeing prices of those rise, you know, pretty steadily even before the pandemic set in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, as we're talking about boss being the 22nd character, for those that don't know out there, if, if you ever see a boss on a 31 back, snatch it up because they short produced that one because, you know, they were fulfilling all the orders from the uh, proofs of purchase so they did make a Bosque on 31 back. It was just an extremely limited run they did um, because they had, it went 21 back. They did a very small release of 31 back because Yoda, they didn't want to spoil it for, uh, for people that haven't seen the movie. So they had a 31 back, very small release. And then when Yoda, when the movie came out, they did special case packs of just Yoda and they sent it to the stores, but Yoda was on the 32 back. And so kind of in, in concert with Yoda going to stores by himself, he was also included with 32 backs that were, you know, sent out at the same time as the, the Yoda case pack. So you do see a lot of Yoda in pretty decent shape. And that's because a lot of them went out in, in a very small window uh, right after the, the movie came out in the summer of 1980. So You're just right a helpful, up. yeah, just a helpful hint for those folks that, that, you know, might not know that 31 back Bosk is exceedingly rare. I've, I've been doing this a long, long time, and I think I've only seen maybe a, a dozen or so pop up. I've been actively searching for one for the last, I think, eight years, and I've only seen maybe four or five pop up um, over that time. And, and, you know, when they show up, too, I mean, people, there are 31 back hunters and... Um, and people who are, you know, collecting for a Bosque run who will target this thing and will go after it. So, you know, hopefully maybe it turns up in, in a future Hakes auction. Um, but it, it, Matt, you're right to point that one out. That one's really tough. Um, yeah. Going back to the 21 backs here, is there anything that you see? So we have, we have five of them. Uh, it's the Han Solo graded at a 70 with a large head. Uh, R5-D4 graded at an 80 with a large head. Uh, that's a joke. Um, <laughs> a, a snaggletooth graded at 75 plus a walrus man graded as at a 75 and then a power droid, uh, graded at an 80. Yeah. The power droid is going to be the one that goes for the most amount of money. Um, 
he's tough to find as it is. He's even tougher to find in an 80 condition. Um, I can see this is already garnering a lot of interest. It's at, at almost a thousand. So it's almost at the high end of the range. It already has six bids. So yeah, this is going to be one that, uh, that folks are going to clamor for. One of the reasons why it's so popular is it, and it's listed like this on the um, label itself. It has a rectangular extension sticker. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you were to flip the card over and on the back of the card, underneath the UPC code, um, Kenner had put a a red sticker, red rectangular sticker on the back. And see if I can zoom into it here. It says, offer extended until December 31st, 1980. Allow six to eight weeks for shipment. So there are collectors that actively hunt those extension stickers. They're very hard to find because, you know, they were they were added kind of closer to the end of, of each um, card backs run. And um, and so finding one, especially in good, in good condition like this, you know, at an 80 uh, for a power droid, which we discussed in the last episode, is very hard to get for this particular figure because of the, the figure's size and weight and bubble. So. I love the power droid card back. I, I do mean, too. It's, it's, I don't know. It's weird to think like this, this pink would be uh, – popular among male collectors, but here we are. Uh, but he's got kind of that, that pink light coming from off camera there, highlighting the uh, side of him there. And then it just, I don't know, looks really good from just a display. I could see where like people would want to uh, probably upgrade the ones that they might already have in their run. And there's people that might just be starting the run. So uh, yeah, I think this one's going to do really well. And then the R5, I think, will be another one that, that does quite well. I see it's already nearly past its uh, high end of the range. And as you said before, you think the Power Droid is going to exceed the price of the R5-D4? I think so. Yeah, it's just I harder agree. to find in that condition. Absolutely. And you're right. You know, just even as far as you know, their use of color, and I, I thought Kenner always did a great job of this, but if you look at the pill, which is the the color on the back behind the figure, the actual figure, um, it's a bright pink. And if you just if you were to scroll through either the online catalog or the actual physical catalog too, I mean, I don't know if there's any other figure that pops more against a, a, a backdrop like that. I know there's a, a Ramba for the Power of the Force that's up against almost like a lime green or like a yellowish um, ba- uh, pill, but this one is just. You know, and then it has the uh, the twenty one back sunburst right next to it. It has the the purple and the color or pink of um, the side of the the droid's body on the back of the card, and then you have the beautiful racetrack logo. So it just it makes for a gorgeous display. Yeah, I'm curious to see where this one ends up. I need to get a a power droid twenty back for my run. I only collect debut um, backs, so. Uh, I make an exception on the 20 backs because I want to get the Fed offer. But yeah, if I was putting together a run of 21, uh, this is one I'd start with here. You're not going to find too many in this good a condition with, you know, no price stickers. So really cool figure. So we we both know it's going to go past the high point of its range because it's the estimate is seven hundred to a thousand dollars. It's at nine hundred seventy-six dollars right now. Do we think it's going to get close to two thousand? 
Yeah, my initial thought on those was was is going to get to fifteen hundred. Okay. Yeah, if I were guessing, I would say eighteen. I think it will hit eighteen. Yeah. But yeah, uh, fifteen hundred to seventeen hundred is a pretty nice range. Eighteen hundred. Yeah, I mean, just compare it to the twenty back. It's an AFA eighty-five condition. And that one's only at six sixty right now. So there's more interest in the 21 back than the 20 back. Hmm. That's uh, interesting because you rarely see something like that. Yeah. So this there's, you know, to our point earlier, there's there's a lot of interest in the, the Empire stuff these days. Okay. Now we get into what I would consider to be arguably the most popular sub back uh, of the Empire Strikes Back line. So we, now we're looking at the 31 backs, and there are some incredible gems in here. Um, I know you and I were talking about this uh, a few days ago, but um, most of the 31 backs in here are graded at an 85, which is so hard to find and to get into one collection at, at one time. Uh, you know, I, I was just shocked to see the overall condition of each of these figures. I mean, this is a high-grade gorgeous run and i think even just adding one piece to your collection if you're an empire strikes back fan uh is a huge opportunity with these yeah i mean the luke 31 so they did the the two card backs the 31 where he's walking it's got the almost the full photo of luke on the card back walking through bespin uh he senses something as a foot so he's kind of looking around pensively but um that one is now reaching like not only 12 back levels, but like higher end 12 back levels in terms of interest here. We're 85 and it's already at 24, 20 with five bids. So, you know, I, I wish five years ago, I just loaded up on these, uh, these 31 backs, but, um, I know what you mean. I, I wish I did too. You know, I, like I, I thought they would be doing this a while back. I just, I don't know. Hindsight's twenty twenty. But you know, the, there's not a, a ton of thirty one bag Luke's out there because they, um, you know, they went to the uh, the thirty two back with he's he's like looking. It's got a completely different feel to it. I don't like it nearly as much. So um, there's something really special with this thirty one back Luke. I want to share an entry from the new vintage collection book, which focuses on the, the modern run of um, the the figures from uh, essentially 2004 all the way up to, to the present uh, in some form. And these are modern figures that were uh, reproduced on vintage style cards. And um, so it says here um, for the Luke Bespin that came out in May of 2007, there were limited on-set on stills to choose from when Kenner released the Luke Skywalker Bespin Fatigues action figure in 1980. When more photos became available, Kenner updated the card with a new close-up image. The photo Hasbro used is from Kenner's first attempt. So that's the reason why they changed the uh, the card back, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, and they, they did that with Leia, too, and... I, I like the 31 back Leia image much better than the, uh, than the other. Um, I don't know the 31 back Leia, which we'll, we'll, I guess we can talk about now. It's also 85. Um, 
that just seems like it's much more Carrie Fisher, much more in keeping with the character than the other one. Um, she looks like she is up to no good, and and uh, I've always had a soft spot for that one. I agree. I, I think the figures that were released on 31 back cards are so special, and I think the market is starting to adjust to that. Um, you know, again, the fact that this 31B Luke Bespin is um, has an estimate of two thousand to five thousand dollars, and it's already at twenty four hundred. I think we're going to see a new high for this for this card, and mm-hmm. I think this is one of those that, if you look at the most popular or most iconic Star Wars figures, I think this carded Luke Bespin is going to be up in that in that top ten, if not top five. There's a little bit of there's a little bit of mystery to it or rarity to it that makes it um, more compelling. Uh, the fact that it is a Luke and it's the first Luke and this image only appeared on this specific card back, uh, I think, you know, brings more attention to it. And really, I think people are going to be clamoring for them within the next, you know, two to five years, much, much further than they are now. I could see this being a $10,000 piece at some point. Yeah. I mean, that wouldn't shock me. Hmm. The, uh, I mean, this is the, the outfit he's wearing in the climax of the whole trilogy. Um, it's just, there's a lot going for this piece. Yeah. And you're right. The same for Leia too. Um, you know, that Leia image is, is quintessentially carry, uh, the design of this piece is just, it, it just, it looks great. Uh, the colors are, are, you know, beautiful. Um, they, they make the character pop as well too. Um, it's a sparse image, but at the same time, it's just enough where, uh, I don't know. It just it makes the whole piece really attractive. Um, do you have a preference between the two? If you were if you didn't have either one, and we're looking for one, is there one that you would be more drawn to right now? Oh, definitely the Luke for sure. Yeah, that's I mean one of my favorite action figures ever made is that Bespin Luke, and then just his photo art on the card is great. That green they use uh, against that beige figure just really makes it pop, kind of similar to what we are talking about with Power Droid. Um, and then the it's got the, the the backdrop for Luke on the photo art is that kind of that white, off-white, and it really makes that Empire logo pop even more. That's um, true. There's just, there's it's got a good silhouette of his uh not silhouette but a, a profile view of his lightsaber hanging off his belt and I don't really get that too many toys um so i the only downside is uh it's got the 80 figure grade and then the leia is straight 85 but um i mean not a big deal i would i would definitely choose this one i'm also okay with an 80 figure grade because i think um you know, just looking at the figure, it's this was always a tough one. You know, when it comes to paint, paint mm-hmm. around you know the edges of the boots, um, the black on the on the belt, and then especially the eyes, the eyebrows, and the hair. There, there always seems to be some issue with it. Um, a lot of the Luke Bespins now, they're very hard to get in good condition because a lot of the torsos uh, or limbs will discolor over time. So this one, you know, it really does display like an eighty-five. Both the um, the lightsaber and the the blaster are still taped to the insides of the bubble, and um, 
this was the first figure to come with a separate lightsaber, one that wasn't that that didn't extend from the inside of of the arm, and uh, and it also I think it was it was the first Luke to come with a lightsaber and a blaster, and I think the first one to come with a blaster was the Luke X-wing. Yep, and then I mean this is, if you don't count capes or robes, this is the first figure that came with two weapons, right? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, so. I like the fact that it's got the lightsaber on, like painted onto his leg and his belt. And so if you didn't have it in his hand, he was still walking with it like the card art. So mm-hmm. really cool figure. Where do you think these two wind up? Because they are, I, I think they will be two of the more popular carded figures from this entire run. So just from this auction, where do you think they wind up? I think the Luke will be at 3000 and the Leia will be at 1500 I think that makes sense. I could see this Luke going for more just because it is an 85. I could see it edging up toward 4000 Um I think, as you said, 1500 is is a solid price for this Leia. Yeah, if that Luke was a straight 85 I think it would be pushing, you know, that $5,000. But, you know, people are going to spend that much money are going to want the straight 85. So I think that would be the only thing that would prevent it from getting up there. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I mean, just can't be too much of a stickler, but I do want to call the attention to the fact that it's punched. Yeah, so both of these, the Leia and the Luke, are punched, um, which I think takes away from it a little bit, slightly. You know, especially for for collectors who who just who want that unpunched, no sticker, <laughs> no price sticker on the front. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think when it comes to these two pieces too, it's it's very hard to be too picky, um, just because you know, especially with the Luke, there are usually condition issues for the figure. So, you know, most of the time. When you have one that is graded in 85, you will get at least one of the um, the subgrades to be an 80. And I, I think having it for the figure like that, one with a clear bubble, the fact that the weapons are still taped in, and that if it received an 80, I mean, I think that was a a tougher grade for this figure because it, you know, there doesn't seem to be discoloring and it, it looks really nice. So I think overall right. it displays like an 85. Yeah, for sure. This next one is one of my favorites. It's one that um, I'm watching and and actually might target for this. Uh, It's one I've wanted for a while. This is lot number 1715. It is a small head Han Solo on a 31 back A card. And so this was the last time that a small head Han was released on a card back. And there are only a handful of them that exist. Um... You know, I'm not sure if if we ever saw any on the 21 backs, but there were just you know a handful that were released on the 31 back card. A lot of times we do see, for some reason, these card backs receiving a, a 60 somewhere around there. Um, it's very very hard to find one, and then let alone to find one in in a you know really solid condition. So, um, I'm sure many collectors are are watching this one and and have full intent to uh, to bid this one up. Um, we've seen these sell in the thousands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Very, uh, these, these pop up every now and then, but not too often. 
when they do, they usually go for you know pretty decent money. I think that'll that'll get past its uh, high end, even though it's a sixty. Yeah, the estimate was surprising. It's only seven hundred to a thousand, and again, you know, I think because of its rarity, um, I don't think condition plays into the the value as much because it's just it's so hard to find one. Uh, you know, again, one of only a handful. So, yeah, yeah. If it you, seemed like it was valued uh, oh too too low. Where do you think this will wind up? Um, I think it'll get to that two thousand, right around there. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, do you think it has a chance at three thousand? Three thousand—that just seems like a lot. That'd be a lot more than I've seen one go for. But um, who knows? It just takes two people mm-hmm. to get it up there. But I would be shocked. I think two thousand's probably a little bit more appropriate. But okay, yeah. My, my guess so, was going to be somewhere between eighteen hundred and twenty-two hundred. So I think we're sort of in that same range. Mm. Um, okay, then we're looking at another debut figure that is wildly popular. Um, we've we've seen the, this this winter coat a number of times, including uh, it, it sort of came back in the uh, 2015 movie The Force Awakens. This is the Han Solo Hoth outfit, 31 back A, again, graded at an 85. Yeah, now they didn't do another alternate photo of this one. So this is the one that is released throughout the entire rest of the line. Um, something that I didn't know until later in life. I didn't know this as a kid, but you can actually fit his blaster into that little loop on yes. his belt. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I don't, it was uh, today I learned time whenever, uh, I saw someone had that on their display. <laughs> yeah. It kind of blew my mind, but I guess if they were to regrade this one, the figure or the figure, right. Gets, it would get an 80 cause it looks like the, the gun came loose. Yes. So the card would have an 85, the bubble would be an 85, and then the figure would be an 80. And it would still be considered an overall 85. Yeah, so it looks like it was taped down. You can still see the tape with a little indention where the gun was for all those years. But, um, you know, even kind of, I'm surprised the figure got an 85 because it looks like there's some brown paint that's found its way onto the bottom of the coat. Yes, and then it looks like there's some blue paint on the legs as well. Yeah, the the color apps on the on the head are really good. The paint apps are all really good. Um, everything else looks fine. It's just odd to see that get an 85 grade with the uh, that paint transfer there. But there's, there's a also, clear bubble. Yes, it, it's a gorgeous piece, punched as the others. Um, there's also a a molded legs variant. So there's a painted legs variant and a molded legs variant. And I think the regular one is the painted legs. And then there was one where it was molded in that the legs were molded in, in that, um, that tan color. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, this one is obviously the painted version. I think it, the painted version came out first, I would assume. I wonder if they were having troubles with the, all this this paint app, so they just decided to mold it in that color. 
Yeah, I haven't seen too many of the molded legs, but I do know they exist. Um, I know for this 31A back, it's been very popular. Um, I've watched them climb over the years. And, you know, I, I think in 85 like this, um, I would say maybe two years ago or at least a year ago, it was somewhere around the 1200 to $1,600 range. Um, so it could hit $2,000, but I think it would sort of be in that, I think it would be somewhere around the $1,500, $1,600 range for this figure. And maybe having the blaster loose like that might actually hurt this one. Yeah, I agree. I think it'll, it'll probably be between like 1200 and 1500 mm. Yeah, it makes sense. Who knows? And then we get to the showstopper for the Empire Strikes Back. 31 back. Bestman Security Guard. Graded <laughs> at 70 yellow. So, yeah, guys, just, uh, it's already got a bid. It's up to 100 bucks. You might want to lay low, kind of snipe it at the end. But, yeah, I didn't think one would show up. But here we are. So I think if you were going to put this up against something like the the Luke Bespin or the even the Jawa Sandcrawler, um, is it? I know for a fact it's it's Rocket Fett, and then what is it? Sandcrawler and then uh, White Bespin Security Guard graded at a seventy, or is it the other way around? Well, it's seventy Y, so it's not. Even, oh yes, it's a yellow bubble too. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, so yeah, you had that order correct. Yeah. So if you're looking for a value pick. For this this specific catalog, uh, I think we think we've found your uh, your item here because this is um this yeah this is was a, kind of a head scratcher mm-hmm. yeah but it's and it's unpunched. All right, here we go. We'll get back to the real stuff. Uh, <laughs> jumping okay. jumping back up a second. Uh, so just ahead of the the Bestman security guards, we have one that I, I we actually have two that I think we have to cover. I'll say actually three. Um, the white Bestman security guard. At a 31A back, graded at an 85. The Rebel Soldier in Hoth Battle Gear, graded at an 85. And then the Lando Calrissian uh, at a 31 back, graded at an 85. Uh, those are all pieces that I've noticed in the last maybe three or four years, uh, especially you know three or four years ago, started to slowly creep up. And now within the last, I would say since, since the quarantine, um, has really risen in value and has become much more desirable as people are trying to pick up these 31 backs. Yeah, that the Bestman guard, it's got a 90 bubble grade as 85 on the other two subgrades. I mean, the bubble on this thing is immaculate. Um, yeah, th- I think this will surprise some folks just because of how good a condition it's still in. I've been looking for this one for such a long time. And um, my only complaint, just being a, a, a condition snob is that I'm looking for one that is unpunched. But one of the issues that we have with both Bespin security guards is that the, the gold, um, the gold detailing on the jacket with those Mm -hmm. two leaves. And then, you know, the way that it's, it's around the the jacket edges, uh, that gold, um, design tends to disappear over time. It just fades. And so, you know, if you had it graded a few years ago, at an 85 now, you know, it might be closer to like an 80. Um, but this one has, has still stayed pretty solid. It looks beautiful. Um, I don't see any paint wear or anything. It's just maybe 
maybe it's the colors diminished you know slightly, but um, it's one of the better looking Bestman security guards I've seen uh, for this thirty one back. Yeah, it's nice, real nice. Um, that orange, I did do such a good job with the colors on the pills on this run. Uh, I mean, it made a completely uninteresting figure look really good. <laughs> um, of the three of these, which one do you think will be the most popular? Which of the three? It's the the Lando, the Hoth Rebel soldier, and then the Bespin security guard. I'm going to go Lando 85. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Lando is so hard show. to get. Yeah, they got, he's got a show coming out. Um, I, Solo, I see more and more people talking about Solo, and um, they went back and you know watched it a couple times since it came out in the theater, and I think the appreciation for that movie has grown during the pandemic. Uh, you know, now that's on Disney Plus, people can have more access to it. And um, Lando, Donald Glover did such a great job in that. Like, it's a, I think a different take on the character than Billy Dee Williams had, and um, I enjoyed it. So I think that that's uh, added some interest to the character. Plus, they're talking about doing a Lando show. Um, so yeah, it, that's see. been that's been very quiet lately. Uh, you know, as far as anything around the show, and I think they were originally talking about doing kind of a younger Lando with an animated series. But Matt, would you be shocked if they didn't do one? Cause I, I just feel like this is a character that, that needs to have some sort of series or some sort of live action show or film at some point. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, we talked about the bounty hunters being this kind of untapped potential in terms of shows and storylines they could do. Uh, the way that they set the Lando character up, they could do anything. And, you know, if they could get Donald Glover and give him a standalone movie or show, it's going to be silly not to do that. Hmm. This one's got, yeah, this one's got no teeth. So you should point out there's a teeth variant and a no teeth variant. This is no teeth. And do you know, if the, did the teeth variant come out on the 31 back? I'm not sure when it came out. Okay. But yeah, that's true. There are two two variants for that. Yeah, boy, this is in really nice shape. The figures, the, the paint or the cape or the gun is usually messed up on this figure. And yes. everything just looks really good in those respects here. Yeah, I, it really looks like all of these came from one source. Um, and even if, you know, if you look at, we talked about the, the Bestman security guard before, but even if you look at the, um, the Hoth rebel soldier, um, it's you know, one of the nicer ones that we've seen, uh, really, really nice with the paint and the, the blaster has been, has the tape has dried up, I think, and the blaster has fallen out of the tape, but even still, I mean, it just, it, it's just a beautiful one. Yeah. Well, I think this one will do well. Um, they're hard to find in this good a condition. Um, especially on that 31 back. So I think this one will do kind of that, uh, I'd say 800 to a thousand somewhere in there. Maybe yeah, a little bit you, more. 
I think that's pretty high for a Lando, um, yeah. which is a good thing. I mean, the estimate here is a thousand to two thousand. Um, and I, I think if it starts to go over a thousand, I think we're going to see the prices jump more quickly for this figure and get to the point where, you know, where it should be. Um, I, I think all of these 31 backs really should start to be in that thousand to two thousand dollar range with ones like, um, the, uh, the Luke and, you know, maybe, maybe the Leia, um, in that, in that higher upper echelon range. Yeah. The Bosque is the one that's going to be, um, on par with the Luke, probably maybe even more. Yeah, still no, that's hard true. To find. Yeah. Good point. Um, but yeah, I think if we look back 10 years from now, I think we'll see that, um, 31 backs are currently, um, I guess underappreciated. Yeah. And undervalued. Absolutely. Um, here's one that, that I would say, uh, has, has caught fire a little more, especially in the last few years. Um, and actually, and I have to compare it to a, a photo, um, that I took years ago, but I believe I might've owned this one, this, uh, hot storm trooper mm-hmm. or hot, hot snow trooper, 31 a back, uh, graded straight 85s. When I owned it, the, uh, rifle was still taped to the inside of the bubble. Um, but you know, I actually sold it because I was afraid that it was coming loose. And at the time the, the value was uh, crazy for it. I, I think I sold mine for $1,200. Um, mm-hmm. But so if this one is, and I, I remember it having that same sticker. Um, so I have to, you know, check, but um, this one's just beautiful. This is, this is one that is different from the rest of the ones we've been seeing in the fact that it's, it's unpunched. Mm-hmm. Uh, the figure is still gorgeous. The nice thing about the rifle, even though it came loose, um, and you can kind of see a little bit of you know tape residue behind the figure, um, the rifle is still stuck behind the figure. So it it it's not as noticeable as when you have a, one of the smaller blasters that just seem to kind of find its way around yeah. the bubble over time. So yeah, yeah, straight eighty five as well, um, unpunched. To your point. This one is going to do very well. This will, this is, uh, I think, kind of with the Leia. Uh, it's always going to liken it to to somewhere maybe a little bit higher in the Leia, but less than the Luke. I think I that's think. a really good tier for it. Yeah, so you, you would yeah. say like the, the Luke and the Bosque would be on one tier, and then you have kind of like a 1B would be the, the Snow Trooper, and then that tier 2 would be the Leia, Han Hoth, yeah. Maybe Lando. Yeah. yeah, I think Lando's maybe lags down a little bit, but yeah, he's he'd be next in line. Okay, and so right now uh it's at one thousand forty five dollars for the Hoth Snowtrooper. Matt, um in fourteen days from now, where do we think this is gonna wind up? Hmm. Well, it's straight 85, but the figure would regrade at 80. Unpunched. I'm going to go with 1,900. Okay. Yeah. So just, you're saying 1,900 with the buyer's premium or? Yeah, all in. Okay. All in. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And uh, and I, I think that would be a new high uh, at public auction for, for the, for a figure like this. Yeah. If it's going to happen, it's going to be on an 85. 
Yeah, we've sort of seen them sell, I think, around maybe maybe like 1100 to 1300 as, as a high. Um, I haven't seen any sell recently, so. Yeah. IG-88, here's an 85. You know, it's, this one's unpunched as well. Talk about uh, interest in a character when, you know, that season one, episode one of Mando came out and featured the IG-11. Uh, this one started going crazy. Um, here we have a straight 85, unpunched. Uh, the, the weapons look like they're still attached. If it, if it didn't have that price sticker, I could see this one maybe even getting to 2000 But I think this is this character is now in line with that Hoth Stormtrooper. I agree. And I would actually say it, it's, it might be even tougher to get in this condition than the, the snow trooper. Um, this is one that I'm going to definitely keep an eye on because I've wanted this one for a long time. Um, I think I had a 75 and, and sold it. I've, I've really always wanted a, a, a high grade one. And one of the toughest things about this is it came with two weapons. And for some reason, the weapons always detach from the tape. And so fine. And, you know, it's bad enough when you have one weapon kind of sitting on the bottom, but when you have two that are kind of floating around it, it, um, it, it makes for just kind of a strange display at times. And it, it's one of those frustrating ones because you just can't fix it. Um, yeah. so yeah, this is a gorgeous piece, straight 85s, um, really hard to find. Uh, it's not, it's definitely nowhere near as hard as the Bosque, but I've always kind of put it in that category of just one of those that, Finding it in this condition, unpunched, with the weapons still, you know, uh, taped to the, the inside of the bubble, straight 85s. Uh, you know, for me, the price sticker is not a big deal with this one because it's just, it's so hard. And um, we've seen actually a lot of the IG-88s, I believe they've tended to yellow as far as the bubbles. So this one's nice and clear. I mean, this, I got an 85 grade, but man, I'm, I'm struggling to see what's wrong with it. It looks uh, very 90 to me. But who knows? There might be something along the stem. But yeah, from what I can tell, it's really good looking. No, you're right. I'm looking at it closer, too. And the paint looks great, you know, on, on its various uh, orange eyes and <laughs> areas, you know, on the um, the Rolls it's, Royce head. But uh, bar head. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but no, it, and, you know, again, the fact that the weapons are taped in the bubble looks really crisp. You're right. Uh, I don't I don't think there's any, you know, it, the difference between an 85 and a 90 is so minimal. And it's just it's if you've studied enough of them, you'll you'll know the difference mm -hmm. after a while. But I mean, it's just so minimal that, it, you know, an 85 is basically saying it's perfect. So. Yeah, this is. This is a nice piece. This might be the uh, sleeper in the auction. It just depends on how people, how much people are turned off by the price sticker. I can't see it being a sleeper only because the IG-11 was so popular. And, you know, again, this is a, a bounty hunter peer of Boba Fett. And, you know, he just looks really cool. Um, and for anyone who, who's been collecting these 31 backs, again, it's just a hard piece to find. So... A thousand to two thousand is the estimate. I could definitely see it going over a thousand dollars, twelve, thirteen hundred. 
easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it'll it'll trend very close to maybe a little bit behind the, the Hoth trooper. Yeah, okay, I can see that. Sure. But but we've said, you know, I think we both agree that this is sort of on the same level as a Hoth Snow Trooper. Yeah, it's definitely in that tier for sure. Okay. And it wasn't, um, I'd say, three years ago. There's been heightened interest in this character. He's always been popular, but like he's now kind of, I think he's jumped tiers, I guess is the best way to say it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think there was a point where you could get a nice one, maybe not an 85, but a nicer one for under $500. Uh, it was a number, you know, maybe four or five years ago. And, and now, um, especially after the Mandalorian. Yeah. I, I think, could we see this figure hit $2,000 eventually, or, you know, maybe in the short term? Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have another one that is a, a very desirable, as you said, it's more common, but very desirable. And, um, it, it could easily hit $2,000 in this grade. Uh, we are looking at a 32 back. Now we, we've passed the 31 backs. We're in the 32 backs and, um, the 32 back Yoda graded at an 85. Yeah. Yoda, you get a lot of card waviness just because of, um, they, it's such a small bubble. I think it made for like packing, um, I don't know. I, I bet they got a little warped during packing and sitting in the cases. But for whatever reason, I've seen a lot of warped, non-flat uh, card backs. Interesting. Um, so that it usually gives um, you, you see a lot of Yoda thirty-two backs and um, earlier Yodas with with card grades of eighty, and it usually brings the overall grades down to eighty, um, more so than other characters. So to have one that's an 85 condition with an 85 card, um, pretty tough to come by. I've had a number of these. I've been hunting them, and I love picking them up. They're actually one of my favorite. Yoda's my one of my favorite figures ever released. Um, my my father uh, picked one up for me, and um, he actually got to pick one up right out of the case um, when they when they came out, and. Uh, it just, it's one that means a lot to me. And so I've, I've been trying to get an 85 for the longest time. And I actually got my first one after doing this for like 10 years hunting them. Um, I got it last year for the first time as, as an 85. And it was one that I think I paid like 250 for it. So I was, I was thrilled about that, but they have skyrocketed in value. Yeah. Yoda was not, there were so many of them because they put out, they just flooded the market with Yoda stuff. Um, in the summer of 80. Um, I remember seeing some, or hearing a story from someone at Kenner about like, that was where they were just going all in on was Yoda. So they were they were coming out with different, any way to get Yoda onto a product or into a product line, they were going to do it. Um, so consequently, there were a lot of them coming onto the market at the same time. And I think people just kind of bought them up and sat on them. And so Yoda hasn't been, I think the, the supply has always been there. The demand just never kind of kind of reached it to push that price up until Mando came out, and now we're seeing these you know start to take off. And there was someone had uh, a ninety recently, and they mm-hmm. it sold I think uh, in another auction um, for eleven thousand dollars. That was um, a gorgeous piece too. Yeah, 
It really was. Yeah. Um, but you know, we've, we've seen a few of these 85s sell in the $2,000 range already, if not a little higher. So, mm-hmm. um, right now it's up to 660 with two weeks left to go. Uh, the value code, the, the estimate is a thousand to 2000. Matt, do you see this one joining the ranks of the other 85s and selling for over $2,000? If it was stickerless, yes. I think this one will be kind of the same as the as the snowtrooper. I think it'll be in that kind of seventeen hundred dollar with buyer premium, maybe maybe touching two thousand. Okay. Um, an eighty plus just sold on eBay a few days ago. For seventeen hundred dollars, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And an eighty with a ninety card grade, uh, a figure grade of ninety, and a bubble grade of seventy sold for fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, I mean, if this was straight eighty-five, no question about it. Um, if it was if it was stickerless, I think that it would it would do it. If it was unpunched, I don't know. I could be completely wrong with those three things. Um, I think it might keep it from that 2000, but who knows? We'll okay. see where it goes. Where do you think this one's going to wind up? Yoda 1700 ish. 1700. Okay. Yeah. I have a feeling this one's going to cross the $2,000 mark. I think there's just so much momentum. Yeah. Again, I, I think there's also this sort of baby Yoda Grogu, uh, momentum that that's that's you know been been pulling these figures higher, and I think that'll continue. And I think just you know that we really haven't seen an eighty-five in a Hicks auction recently. Um, I think that might help this one. Yeah, for sure. So that's a look at the first part of the Empire Strikes Back offerings in the latest Hakes catalog. The next part will cover more of the carded gems from this line, as well as the playsets, vehicles, prototypes, and other incredible items. My thanks to Matt for taking the time out to explore this catalog with me in a fun and exciting way. See you next time on Star Wars Prototypes and Production.